his life. So would you please welcome Pastor Matt Keller as he comes to share this morning. Perfect. Awesome. Good morning, gentlemen. Great to see you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here at Reload. I am so excited. Um, and uh, Pastor Tom, thank you for that word. I'm excited to, to, to dig into it. Um, and uh, here, here's what all of you men need to know, and I'm actually going to have you pray for me. Um, because um, the Lord has, has, since I was 18 years old, has uh, had his hand on me to do three things, to pastor, to write, and to lead leaders. Uh, and so pastoring, I'm about 20 years into practicing how to do that, um, and writing. I've written three books, and there are more that are, are falling out of me. Um, but uh, about 10 years ago, we started working with leaders, and um, particularly in the church space, because that's kind of the space I know. But five and a half years ago, God stirred in our heart um, to, for, to really start, start taking our principles and and sharing them with business leaders across the country and across our region. Uh, and so for the last five and a half, almost six years now, um, that is a huge piece of the calling that God has and anointing that God has on my life is to, to, um, uh, to speak and to add value to the business community, to the leadership community um, outside of the church. Uh, and that is a space that is often uncomfortable. Uh, for guys who do what I do, that's a space that, it, you know, is often can be a little bit intimidating. Um, and yet God has called us to go there. And you're going to like this, Pastor Tom. Uh, here's what the, the word of the Lord has been for me in that space is to use my gifts to build a bridge for the gospel's sake. So the fact that the word that the Lord gave him in the middle of the night last night for me was to be a bridge builder resonates with me. Uh, because God has called, how many of you, you, I would imagine almost all of you, unless you're probably on the church staff, you work or you, you know, your, your life in, is lived primarily outside of church world, right? Like it's in the business, the marketplace, right? That's where you live your life. And so, um, I actually have a, a word that I want to share with you this morning and just to share a couple of thoughts and, and, uh, just encourage you, uh, in the, in the Lord today. But, um, thank you for that word. That is, that is what God has called me to be. Uh, to add value to the marketplace, to add value to leaders like yourselves and anybody who's willing to get up uh, at oh dark 30 and be here every Tuesday morning um, is not only hungry for the Lord, but is hungry for the Lord to use them in a mighty way in, in their life and in your world. And so um, that's, I'm excited to be here. I, I love environments like this that are up close and personal where we can actually kind of just dig into the word for a few minutes and see what it has to do with our life where, where all of you men live and lead your lives, which is in the marketplace, which is outside of the church world, and, uh, and, and to take, take the gospel and build bridges into your community, build bridges into your uh, teams, into your departments at work, into your uh, livelihood areas. And so I just want to add value to you. Um, and again, pa Pastor Tom, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for uh, that word, sharing that with me. That encourages me like crazy. And I believe God's put a word in my heart this morning for all of you. Uh, and, and I believe that specifically God wants to speak to some of us. And so the word that God has given me, this may be the most uncommon passage initially that uh, you would ever think to be preached at a men's meeting, but it comes from Proverbs 31. Now, if any of you know Proverbs 31 at all, you know that is 
the women chapter, right? That's the, that's, no, that's Mother's Day, right? That's when we talk, that's the Mother's Day passage, right? About how God talks about a virtuous woman. Well, that's what I always thought too. And then all of a sudden, uh, I was reading Proverbs 31, and what I realized is there's actually a pretty awesome word for men in the first nine verses. And so I want us to look at that this morning together, Proverbs chapter 31, and maybe if you have your Bible turned there, or, uh, if you want to click there, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's going to be on the screen, uh, so you'll just have to take my word for it um, and, and read along with me. Proverbs chapter 31, here's what it says, the sayings of King Lemuel. So King Lemuel is reflecting on his life. So these are, these are some wise sayings from an influencer from a king, King Lemuel. Oh, good. They are up there. Awesome. Thanks, guys. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance. Look at this. His mother taught him. So what's happening is the king, this man of influence, is reflecting on the wisdom that his mom poured into him as a child. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him, Listen, my son. So now he's reflecting on what she said. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. Interesting, she calls him her son three times. He was beloved. He was wanted. And then I like this part. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. This king, this man of influence, this well-accomplished gentleman... Still, even after all he had accomplished, all he had done, all he had experienced, still was only a moment away from recognizing my mom wanted me. I'm wanted. I just think that's interesting. That what he reflects hearing his mom say to him, can't you see it as a little boy running up into her lap and his mom saying to him, Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Hey, men, just real quick reminder, you are the answer to someone's prayer. You need to know that. You need to, we need to be reminded as men that we are the answer to someone's prayer. You're the answer to your employee's prayer, whether they're believers or not. Because you leading well at your workplace, guess what? Gives them the opportunity to be gainfully employed and provide for their family. You're the answer to your kids' prayers. You're the answer to your wife's prayer. We are the answer to someone's prayer. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. Verse 3. Here's where I want us to, to drill down a little bit. Verse 3. Now he's still reflecting on the wisdom his mother gave him all those years ago. And now that he is a king, now that he is, is accomplished, now that he has influence in his city, in his life, in his region, here he's reflecting on the wisdom of his mom. And here's what it says. His mom told him, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what's been decreed and deprive all of the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Verse 7, let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of those of all who are destitute speak up verse 9 and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and needy then 
verse 10, talks about a virtuous woman. So isn't it interesting that in Scripture, God speaks in Proverbs 31, God speaks the first nine verses to us as men and says, hey, men, here's what I need you to listen up for. Then it goes on to who can find a virtuous woman, all of those wonderful Mother's Day things, right? So here's what I want us to do. Inside of this passage of this, these motherly wisdom that is given to this man of God, King Lemuel, I want to point out four statements that jumped off the page for me that I think are relevant to us as men today. Four things that I hope you will take to heart, men, and I believe if we'll open our hearts for the next few minutes, God will speak to us. And maybe one of these four, God will put his finger on through the, through the Holy Spirit today and will say, you know what? That's a word for you. So four phrases, four phrases, if you will, four phrases that I think matter to us as men. The first phrase is the phrase, spend your strength. It was found in verse 3. Do you remember it said this, do not spend your strength. The first phrase is spend your strength. Men, here's the reality. We all spend our strength on something every day, don't we? We all spend our strength on something every single day. Well, wise is the man who is very aware of what they're spending their strength on. But see, most of us just kind of go throughout our day, don't we? We just kind of run from one thing to the next, to the next text message, to the next voicemail, to the next email, to the next project, to the next fire that we have to put out. And we just kind of, we spend our, our strength uh, haphazardly, and then we get to the end of our day and we go, wait, what did I accomplish? What are we spending our strength on? Every one of us, every day, will spend our strength on something. So, <clears throat> does anybody else like to get gift cards? Come on, show of hands. Partici audience participation. Awesome. Yes, okay. I, 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 the only thing I like better than gift cards are gifts. But I like gift cards a lot. But here's my issue with gift cards, especially Amazon gift cards. Anybody ever gotten an Amazon gift card? Okay, I love Amazon. They call themselves the everything store. There's a reason for that because there's literally everything on there. But here's my issue with a gift card. When I get like an Amazon gift card, I, I freeze. Like it paralyzes me. Because you go online and you credit it to your account, and now all of a sudden I've got a $50 credit. And I'll, is anybody else like this? Like, I, I'm like, I can, I can spend that $50 on anything I want. And you would think that would be a liberating thing. But it's actually not for me. For whatever reason, getting an Amazon gift card is not liberating to me at all. It's actually paralyzing because I'm like, I'll put something in my cart, you know, and I'm like, but do I... But do I really want that? But like, do I really want that? Like, because maybe there's something, like I, I put a book in the, in the cart and I'm like, do I really want the book or would I rather have a shirt? And anybody else, come, do you, like gift cards paralyze me because the, the, the options are endless. So here's what I've had to do. I've had to learn that when I get a gift card, I put myself on a limitation. And I'm like, you have two weeks to spend this, you dummy. At, like, you just, you just got to do it. Like, you have to force yourself. Just, it's supposed to be fun because the person who gave it to you is trying to bless you. 
and you're turning it into a curse because it's unlimited and you're, you're paralyzed. So Matt, just put something in your cart and be like, pay with gift card. Yes, that's what I want to do. I want to pay with gift card. Buy it. And I just, I, I just force myself to just use a gift card and to spend it on something. So here's my first phrase. Here's my first challenge to us men this morning. What are you spending your strength on every day? Because every day God gives us a gift card called 24 hours. Every day God gives us a gift card called our daily bread. Every day God gives us a gift card called our strength. What are we spending our strength on? Now watch this. This is interesting because verse 3, what's, what does Lemuel say? Do not spend your strength on women. Now, he writes women there, and of course, there's, a, there's an obvious application to that for us as men. And we can talk about that for a moment if we want. But let me, let me broaden it, because look at what the next phrase says. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. Here's the broader sense, men, that I want us to catch this morning. There are a lot of things in our world that have the ability to strip us of our vigor and ruin us. There are a lot of things in this world that we can spend our strength on that have the power to ruin us, that have the power to distract us. He, he names an obvious one, which is women, and perhaps for some of us, that's our issue. And if so, guess what? You're sitting at a table of guys who love you enough to help you. But it takes the first step by us. We have to be willing to open our hearts and say, hey, men, here's where I'm at. Here's where my thought life is at. Here's where my habits are at. We got to get honest about this because some of us, it's, it's going to, it has the potential to ruin us if we're spending our strength on that. Do not spend your strength. That's the admonition of King Lemuel, of God's word to us today. What are we spending our strength on? And are we spending our strength on things that are building us or are ruining us? So I think we've got to ask the first question. What are we spending our strength on? Here's the second phrase, and this is really where the impetus of all of this came from for me. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin you. And then here's, here's what the phrasing in verse 4 says. It is not for kings. The second phrase, number one, is spend your strength. Number two is not for kings. I want us to reflect and ponder on that for a second, men. Not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine not for rulers to crave beer. Hey, men, you're a king. Did you know that? According to God's word, you're an heir. You're a son of the Most High. Well, guess what? As a son of the Most High, that makes you something special. That makes you royalty, a royal priesthood, the Bible says. Hey, listen, every man in this room this morning is a king for God. Well, guess what? There are just some things in this life that are not for kings, that are off limits. And the word of God this morning is challenging us to, to look at ourselves and say, you know what? There are just some things in life that are permissible for other people in the office. 
but for me, you're just not going to be permissible anymore. You know why? Because I'm not, I'm not ordinary. I'm a king. I'm a king. God's got something special for me. So I'm not going to lower myself to things that aren't for kings. I have preached this uh, idea, this, this phrasing, it's not for kings to pastors and to leaders. I taught it to our staff at, our, at a staff retreat that we did a couple of years ago. And man, it hit in the room. So much so, and I'm not a big tattoo guy. I don't know if you'd know that to look at me, but it's not my thing. I don't mind them, but it's not my thing. But a lot of our staff have tattoos. And literally, there have been staff members on our team that after they've heard this phrase, not for kings, have literally gotten tattoos on their body to remind them there are just some things in life we don't need to do. We can. You can, and listen to what the admonition is. Let me go hard on you a little bit right here. Ready? It's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine. Not for rulers to crave beer. Lest they drink and forget what's been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. What's the admonition that the word is making to us? Hey, there are some things like alcohol specifically here that you probably just need to put in a category that's beneath you. And listen, I'm not preaching for or against it. I'm just telling you why. And what's interesting to me about this, listen, listen to what, verse five, lest they drink and forget what's been decreed. In other words, they start making poor decisions as a leader. He's saying alcohol is not for kings, for people with a special purpose, because if they drink, then it's going to compromise their decision-making and forget what's been decreed. In other words, they're going to forget why they're here on earth anyway, what their purpose is in in this role they play, and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. In other words, they're not going to be fair to their team around them. The people who need them to be sharp, they're not going to be sharp because they're 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 drinking. Then he says this, let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. He says, so there actually is a purpose to beer and wine. The purpose of beer and wine are for people whose life is so bad they have to medicate the pain. That's what, that's what he's saying. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. So listen, if you're drinking, men, I'll go hard on you real quick, and then I'm going to lighten up. If 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 you're drinking or doing anything else to medicate pain, there's your sign. I thought the Lord is our healer. I thought the Lord is the one we run to, our strong tower, and we're safe. So men, let me push you a little bit this morning. Why are you doing what you're doing? What about us? Let me broaden it. Is there anything, alcohol or otherwise, that we are using to medicate pain and forget our worries and struggles? Because he says that's actually the purpose. When someone's dying, when someone's perishing, when someone's in anguish, when someone is that down, well then, my goodness, get them something to drink. But for us kings... So maybe it's not alcohol, maybe it's Netflix. 
And you're binging three or four hours at night watching a series after series after series because you're avoiding the reality of your life. Same. Maybe it's fantasy football. And come football time, man, you got five fantasy leagues and I'm into it and your wife is standing behind you going, I could really use your help. I could really use you helping me engaging with these kids or grandkids because there's, there's a whole thing called the life that's happening while you're absorbed in your fantasy football team. Maybe it's your hobby. Maybe it's hunting or fishing. And you're so into it or four-wheeling and you're so into it that you're actually, it's, it's, it's moved beyond a recreational hobby and now you're actually avoiding pain through it. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's pornography. I don't know. Listen, here's my point. You're a king. You're a king. Start acting like a king. God's got his hand on you for something special. God's got his hand on you for something big. It's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings. You know what? I could. But God's got something bigger for me. So I'm just not going to do that anymore. That's, that's kind of, that is, that is so non-kingly. So I'm just going to kind of let that go. Is this all right? Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Here's the third phrase I want to point out to us and challenge us with. Number one, uh, spend your strength. Number two, it's not for kings. Number three is the phrase, speak up for those. Speak up for those. Did you catch it in the verses? Verse eight. Speak up. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Verse 7. Verse 8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up for those. Hey, men, guess what? God has called us as men to speak up. To speak up for somebody. Not just for ourselves, not just for our own interests. We men have this thing about us that we can be awfully selfish, can't we? I don't know what you thought you were getting into at a 6.30 a.m. breakfast, but I'm telling you what, I want to hit you hard this morning, okay? I didn't come all the way from Florida to, to be nice. Well, I kind of did, but we can be so self-absorbed. We can be so selfish. We can get our eyes on what we're doing and our problems and our issues and our things and our, you know, whatever and our priorities and our thing and whatever. Here's my question, men. What if, what if your life as a leader, as a king in your community, in your workplace, what if it's not just about you? What if God's called us to speak up for somebody? Because I believe as men, that's our responsibility. So who are you called to speak up for? Who are you called to speak up for? Who are you living for outside of yourself? Who are we serving with our influence, with our voice, with our manhood outside of ourselves? Men, I would challenge us that a 6.30 a.m. weekly breakfast is amazing, but it's not, it's not enough. Because there are needs in our city like crazy and the men in this room are highly skilled, highly talented, highly passionate with the ability to meet some of those needs. Like, I'll just throw out a few. Like single moms. And again, I'm not saying that this isn't happening. I'm sure that there's ministry that happens, of course. But let me challenge us. Like, what if every table adopted a single mom family, not just at Thanksgiving or Christmas, 
like for real. And one Saturday a month, we went to their house and cut grass and trim bushes and changed the oil and rotated the tires and washed the car and filled up the gas tank. Every table could adopt one single mom. And then at Thanksgiving and Christmas, through, because there's relationship, then we help with presents, then we help with whatever, and give mom all the credit. 25 tables? That's 25 moms. That's 2.5 kids each. Who are, who are we speaking up for? Do you see it? Do you see it? Because if all we do is circle up, and again, this is powerful, man. We got to have, this is essential. If men don't have other men, then we got nothing. But that's step one. Step two is that we men as kings see ourselves differently, and we speak up for those who can't speak for themselves or are having trouble speaking for themselves. Let's go be a single mom's advocate. Let's go, be, uh, let's go fight uh, for, for people who are being sex trafficked in our city. Let's go work with some of those ministries. Let's go uh, find some schools that need uh, a new paint job over the summer. And when, as soon as the kids dismiss, what if this refuel said, we're going to adopt three elementary schools and we're going to go in and fix all the chairs on Saturdays and we're going to go in and we're going to repaint the classrooms and donate all of our time and all of our, our paint. What if, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Because this is awesome, but this is not the end. God's called us to rally, to be refueled, to be built up in him, to go out there and speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Does that make sense? So I want to lift up your eyes higher and say, listen, come on, this is awesome. This is the beginning. Let's do more. God's called us as men to lead, to be kings, to speak up for those. And then the final thing, final phrase, number four, is defend the rights Long before, just before, Proverbs 31 goes into Mother's Day, God has a strong word for men. Spend your strength, not for kings. Speak up for those and defend the rights. Verse 9. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Amen. Every man is called to defend something. What are you defending? Are you defending your kids? Are you defending well your grandkids? Are you defending your wife? Not being offended by her, are you defending her? Are you your wife's biggest fan? Come on, men. Defend the rights. I love the strong call to men first. I love Proverbs 31, and I'll preach it on Mother's Day. I got it. Virtuous woman, I married one, and it's awesome. And by the way, Proverbs 31, everything that's described in there is a woman who works, not just inside the home but outside the home, and I dig that because my wife works full-time, and I'm like, baby, yes, good calling. Get you some. I like it, and I love stay-at-home moms too. You don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm, it's, it's calling What I am saying is, hey, men, come on. Come on, let's defend the rights. Where do we need to step up in our defending the rights of those around us, of our spouse, of our kids? Maybe it's of a coworker. Maybe there's a coworker at your workplace that is not being treated well, and God's prompting your heart right now to stand up for that person today 
And the next time somebody starts picking on them or pushing them around or treating them less than is appropriate, you step in and go, hey, knock it off. They're a person, all right? That's enough. That's our call as men. That's our call as men. What are you spending your strength on? What, what are you indulging in to medicate pain that is less than kingly behavior? Who are you speaking up for? And who do you need to defend? I believe if we as men can grab a hold of those four callings, we're on to something. So Heavenly Father, thank you for these men in this room. And Lord, during this last couple of minutes of prayer, we silence our hearts. God, this prayer is not a transition. This prayer is a dedication. And so, Father, we as men are challenged today. We're challenged by your word. And so, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would begin to speak. Lord, you already are. Father, I thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit, not condemnation. We are not condemned. But, Lord, we are allowed to be convicted, and you want us to be. And so, Father, I pray for each of these men, myself included, that the conviction of your word about what we're spending our strength on would go forth. I pray the conviction of your word would stir our hearts and we would be prompted to make changes. God, some of us are indulging in behavior and things, alcohol and otherwise, that's not for kings. It's not for kings anymore. We're above that. We're royal priests. We're called higher. And then, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are speaking to us. And in the coming days, you're going to give us creative wisdom to know how you want us to speak up for those who need us to speak up for them. To take up the burden of those in our city who are hurting and broken and could use some help. And then, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us and lead us. God, give us opportunity to defend the poor and needy, to defend those who need us to defend. God, you've given us so much. Our lives are so rich. Lord, there's not a day that goes by that we don't. Uh, that we don't take that for granted. We're so grateful for your grace. But now, Lord Jesus, you've called us to something higher. May we walk in that calling today as men of God, as sons of God, as priests of God, as kings for God. May we see ourselves differently from this moment on, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.